1: Welcome back to the Stranded Podcast, you guys. I am so excited because I have someone that I call a very special friend with me today and someone that I don't know what I was doing with my life before her, (laughs) Because she keeps me together in this um, this business, this online coaching business is something that has been fairly new to me in the last two years. And so I am sometimes great at telling my story, great at helping others, but uh, not so hot at operations and things. What? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Not so great at... Uh, some of the behind-the-scenes things, and Megan has helped me delegate, monetize my podcast, and just uh, really make my stuff flow. So I am really excited to welcome my girl today, Megan Galan.
2: Hello, everyone! Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to talk about the stranded phase. And get into the nuts and bolts and talk a little bit about our event. Yes, it'll be good. Yes. Good.
1: And so also, I don't know if I've mentioned before, but Megan and I are doing our first Women Empowerment Purpose to Profit Event the uh, Saturday, October 20th. We are three weeks out. We are super excited. We're doing a small mastermind and we want to get women in the hot seat. We want to talk about your ideas, your businesses, and how to get them to the next level. Um, from mindset to money, we got to make this work. You can, you can, cause you, ladies, you can have it all. So uh, Megan, first and foremost, tell my audience you've got such a unique story, but tell my audience a little bit about your, what you would consider your stranded phase, that time in life where looking back where you are now, you never thought you would be here.
2: I'm going to take it all the way back to childhood. I know a lot of people here don't like, you know, if you had a rough childhood or a different childhood, you don't really like talking about childhood. Um, but through all the research I've done and all the psychology and everything that i've done i've learned how important childhood really comes to in your livelihood now today i know i just got really deep on you guys with that but it's so true so yes this is my (laughs) thing and so um we're going to go back to childhood Uh, my parents were married had me divorced within a year ish And I, um, so I didn't grow up living with both my parents. I didn't have just the perfect childhood. They went through a really nasty divorce and custody battle and my dad ended up losing custody of me at, um, when I was in middle school, I ended up losing custody and I, at that point I did not talk to him at all. So from middle school to college, I had not talked to him. And I basically went into college. At, I went to the University of Utah, so I was at a different place. I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was going to say, did you tell everybody you grew <laughs> I did not? Vegas? So um, I grew up in Las Vegas. When Megan Nevada. told me she
1: grew up in Vegas. I was like, is that real? Is that a thing?
2: And I always add it because you know people are like, where are you from? And in, and really, where like I came from, Florida. Because now I live in Florida. Is I came from Utah. But then I'm like, but I'm actually from Las Vegas. So I have to throw that in there. <laughs> I don't know why. I just have to throw that in there. I feel like Utah's not exciting enough, no, not at all. <laughs> but um, so that's really um, my process of how I got to Utah. And then in Utah, I was going. I was doing the Nami Walk, which is a charity event type of walk thing, and I get a, a donation from my dad, John Galen. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like that's random. He found me like we hadn't talked in. Ever, literally since middle school and it's so random and so um, I was didn't know what to expect like I had that nervous gut like oh my gosh like like what like what's gonna happen and so I tell my roommate um, which her name is Devin and we were in the same sorority too so it was a sorority fraternity thing then on top of it my roommate was going it was it was just crazy event okay so this was my first year in college freshman year like already a rough year being away from home and then this happened so um then we're at the event i'm bracing myself like this is gonna happen i'm gonna run into him or something like what the fu- what the heck's gonna happen and I okay <laughs> like a I so i was like what the fuck's gonna happen so we're walking along the day's good and i see a dog and i'm like oh my gosh it's the cutest little basset hound ever My dad had basset hounds my whole life, and it did not process in my head that that was him and his basset hound. And so I look up, and it's him, but I'm like, you know, looking at the dog. I'm one of those people that they make memes about dogs where I notice the dog and rather talk to a dog than a
1: person. You you, you definitely deserve it. I love dogs. I'm the dog mom. Uh,
2: Dog mom, totally. So here's my dog right here, hanging out. (laughs) And so, so, yeah, that's really how we got reconnected. And then, um, like, we would only go to dinner or... Really, that's it. Like We would go to dinners, he'd take me out, which, you know, you're we freshman in college, man, and I was eating steak. Like, I wasn't eating steak at home. <laughs> I was eating dorm food, which you needed steak every once in a while, which I don't even eat meat anymore, so it's pointless now. But at that point, I was excited to eat some steak at some nice restaurants, so that is how it started. And then my, let's say junior year into it, into college, I actually moved into his house uh, because he had a house in Salt Lake that he went to part-time and random, I know, random place Salt Lake that he had a part-time house at and um, I moved in for the summer with one of my friends, Michelle, and um, kind of from there, we just grew into hanging out and talking more often than my senior year and I like spent a holiday at his house for the first time in years, which was Thanksgiving. And then senior year, I go to Florida right before I graduate college. And I went to college for exercise sports science. I was full occupational therapy route. I loved it. I was working in the physical therapy field. Loved it. I know you're looking at me crazy right now.
1: You were talking about so much stuff that I'm like, oh, I really don't know you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's just a lot of backstory stuff to set the pace. But um yeah so that's what i was going for was all occupational therapy and i was in the middle of interviews so i don't know if anybody knows how much interviews and uh, applications for master's degrees cost they cost quite a bit of money and in order to get one interview you need to apply to a few different places so i was sitting in the middle of one my very first occupational therapy interview it was eight hours long Uh, in my hometown in Las Vegas. So I was going to go back to Vegas and do my master's degree there. And the middle of my interview, about four hours into it, I was like, this is not for me. Like, this is so political in the medical industry right now with um, all the healthcare stuff. Like, I want to be with patients. I do not want to be stuck with people. And then I'm like, do I even want to do this anymore? Like, do i want to do this and so i finished out the interview strong strong as i could after you know thinking in my mind like is this really fit for me my personality was nothing like anybody else and one and they like had you go into separate interviews and in one of them she's like oh you're really a type personality and i'm like oh my gosh i'm in the wrong occupation like i started freaking out on my interview and so i'm like oh my gosh i'm the only a type here this is really interesting so we get done. Eight hours later. Woo! Done. Finished it. and Go back to Utah and nail my exams. But that was a side note. My teacher totally was an asshole and wanted me to miss my interview for an exam. So I talked to him into letting me take it later, right when I got back. But, um, which is awful for a college professor. If we have any professors on here on either one of these, give your students a break, man. I'm trying to get better in life. <laughs> but... Um, so I didn't get into, I got waitlisted and I didn't get into occupational therapy school at that school and I didn't go on any other interviews. There's no more that I wanted to go on after I realized that that was not for me and, um, moved to April, 2014. I moved to, or I came out to visit my dad in Florida because I was like, you know, it's been my childhood dream to move to Florida. Let's see if I like it. This is the first time I really came out here as an adult and I was sober enough to realize if I really liked it or not. And so I came out in April 2014 and I moved here to Clearwater May 2014 and I forgot to tell my dad I was moving here. I showed up on his doorstep with all my stuff. And because of finals and stuff, I forgot to tell him I was moving here. (laughs) And he just let me move in. (laughs) So it was great. And then I start working in my degree, which is exercise sports science. And um, realize I hate that as well. I obviously changed as a person in college because, you know, picking your occupation at the age of 18 is not the brightest thing to do. And... Um, so I'm just not liking it, and I hate I like, hate the hours and just everything about it, really. I love exercising, but I don't like training people. Um, and then, so my dad asked me, he has a marketing position open up with his company. So my dad has had companies over the years, and this company, Mountain West, we do self-directed IRAs. And so he, we have a position that opens up. Um, in marketing and so he's like hey are you interested and i'm like i know nothing about anything here and he's like it's fine i'll train you i train everybody anyways so i might as well train you and so then i was like perfect so i start working for him i actually started part-time and then within the first couple months i went full-time and i end up loving it so i got my my sis which is your certified ira specialist provider before the three years normally you have to have be in the business for three years um i was able to get it before three years which takes a lot of you know asking them to just get it and writing letters and stuff and so i got that within like two years into it and loved it and love it still like i have a genuine passion for talking to people about retirement accounts but what i really love is the freedom it's given me to learn about everything so i knew like pretty much what you guys probably know about marketing, which is probably slim to none. And it's everything you learned. You know that you should be on social media. You know you should be doing this. You know you should be doing that. But do you really do it? And how do you do it? How do you execute to actually get the conversion from uh, being a viewer or being a listener to getting my product or service? So it's something that I had to teach myself because my dad's great in business. He was a financial advisor for over 23 years. And so he knows the financial side. Now imagine being young, female, in a male, older male dominated industry and trying to go tell a 60 year old man, he needs to open up a retirement account with you because you know that it's going to help him on taxes. So it's been, it was interesting trying to do that. But then in the meantime, I was able to develop this brand and learn everything on how to actually take online conversions and move it into an actual sale basically. So, and I've done like the courses, I've learned stuff. I've just basically had to teach myself everything, but I did it and Hey, I was getting paid to do it. Right. And I was making conversions, making money. And it really just, that's how I got started in my new journey, which is helping businesses go online and build online courses and make everything as systemized as possible to flow. And that's how we connected. <laughs> so the long that's actually not that long of a backstory. You just heard my childhood to my literally <laughs> life. So if you don't
1: know Megan, you know her now. So yeah, okay, I have so many questions. All right, so let's let's backtrack. okay. So, you go from middle school to college, never talking to your father. Yes. And he literally pops up in your life. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it sounds intentful. Yes. Like, he was like, okay, I'm going to find him Are and you track ready? her down.
2: Yeah, so you want to know how he found me. So, he goes, I had a dream. This is crazy, guys. So, he's like, I had a dream that um, that we were going to reconnect. And so he gets online and Googles me, and I played sports in college, I mean, in high school, so if you Googled me, like, my, my stats would come up and stuff like that, but he Googles me, and it says, he said at the top, it was that NAMI walk, that's why I brought it up, I forgot to go back to that, mm-hmm. but it's the NAMI walk comes up, uh, that I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, doing a NAMI walk with Pi-Fi. And he was nowhere near there. He, well, he had the house there part-time, so okay. he was
1: there. So he just and like, just, I'll just pop up. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's legit. Yes, that's why I brought up Nami Walk, though. I knew wow. there was a loop there. Wow. Okay, so he comes. This is intentful. He shows up mm-hmm. to like a big, a large number walk thinking that he's going to just run into you or he's going to chase you down. Just run into me, I guess. And okay. He, he did. Okay. So I'm thinking in my mind, first of all, based off feelings. So middle school, you're not talking to him. You mm-hmm. go probably 10 years without talking to him, right?
0: out yeah.
2: Soon.
1: He reaches out to you by donation, not even saying hello or anything, just by donation, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to find this girl. How did that make you feel?
2: Oh, man. It was so stressful. Just I had that just gut feeling of, like, <laughs> is this going to go right? Is this going to go wrong? Has, like, Am I going to make my mom mad? Because, you know, they had a yeah. crazy divorce. Like, it, what's going to happen? Like... I was really like, oh my gosh. Like, this is somebody that at one point, like, my mom had a restraining order on him for me. Like, and they had such a crazy, nasty divorce. Like, I was in counseling my whole life because of them, like, court ordered counseling. And thankfully, I was because I think that made me, like, the person I am today. But, it's still like to I have thankfully also I'm gonna add this thankfully I have amazing step parents like I have my stepdad's awesome been there since elementary school my stepmom's awesome she's been there since elementary school so my parents have two very successful marriages outside of each other they're just psychotic to each other really that's really what it is but they are like I have two awesome step parents that I consider like help raise me so like right. like blessed with four parents now.
1: So, okay. So, you run into him. Well, so, because you're talking me through this and I'm thinking, you reached out to me way of donation and then you show up in my life. Not only am I scared and unsure what's going to happen, but am I, were you pissed?
2: Mm, I wasn't pissed. I was more scared, I think, than anything. So, you weren't
1: like, where the hell have you been?
2: No, because he, like, for my 16th birthday, bought me something and had it, like, delivered to my mom's house. And I think he tried to reach out to me. But um made it yeah, 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 it was just difficult the way everything was. And then with court order losing custody, it just made it it's
1: easier not to piss yeah. people off.
2: It's just easier to just stay how it was and let it all work itself out, I guess, in the long run.
1: So you talked also about something that I think a lot of people are still in this situation in life and or are dealing with it recently. And this mm-hmm. is really big, is that you go to school or you get involved in something and you get all the way through it like as far as interviews for your master's <laughs> degree for what was it occupational, occupational. therapy mm-hmm. and then it's like and it's solidifying so it's like i'm gonna make all this money i'm gonna go to school for it i'm gonna do this this, and this i got a job waiting on me this is an easy career and you get all the way through it and you're like this doesn't feel right mm-hmm. i've done this with job interviews i've talked to friends like i had a friend that said she was in nursing school was all the way through her first year went on vacation to paris and was back in paris and she was on her way back and she was like i don't want to do this anymore like i'm just i'm going to drop out because and it's like how many times do we feel that feeling and do we know that we're supposed to acknowledge it and not and not mm-hmm. because we're like oh that's just me being lazy i don't want to do it anymore but this is my future and i need to stick with it mm-hmm. or when do we know the difference between that and like this really is not for me and i need to move on
2: Ooh. even though
1: i'm invested in it
2: that's hard and i think um my specific like when I came to that realization. So I was working with a physical therapist and I know it's not OT, but, um, I was working with him for years and he did all sorts of head, neck, back stuff, which did come down to, there's a little bit of OT work sprinkled into it. I did my, you know, over 50 to a hundred hours or whatever of shadowing occupational therapists and, um, and I wasn't 100% sold, but I just took it as I just didn't like their specific methods of occupational therapy. But at the same time, um, it's such a, I, I just thought a career in medical field would be so interesting as well. Um, and when I started, let me put this back, when I started working for the physical therapist I worked for, he was sitting with patients for over 30 minutes per time that they came in and then as a aide, we would do basically almost all the paperwork, he would do the notes, but we would put it in the computer and make sure that he had everything set up to just go in and do the notes. He was getting paid regularly and easily from insurance. And I saw the transition of seeing a patient who needed him. This is head, neck, back injuries, also TMJ injuries. These people couldn't eat, like they needed him. and. I can see the transformation with them when we worked with them, because he let us go really hands-on working because he would train us all in his specific methods, to when I left, he was in a room less than 10 minutes and was taking home piles of paperwork, even though we did as much as we could. So I saw that transition happen, and I think when I was sitting in those interviews, and I don't know what question it was that triggered, like, do I want this as my life? Hi, Darian. Um, But I... Really was just sitting there and it had it must have been something to do with my life and my personality type like is this really good for me and Whatever the question was I was sitting in this lady's office It we there was four different Single interviews with these the upper staff to see if you were a good fit And it was my third one out of the four and she asked something and it just hit my stomach like oh my gosh, I've been sitting in this interview this long. I've not hit it off with anybody, which is really weird. I'm not like one of those people that can't make friends. I just kind of choose not to. But I'm <laughs> I, i, um, I I'm a friendly person and people like talking, but at the same time i wasn't connecting with anybody there i wasn't connecting with any of the ot's that they brought in like the students that were in school already and i wasn't connecting with the teachers and some may think like okay that's just that school but i have my own intuition i have a pretty good sense of if it's the situation or if it's the people or what this what the issue is this was an all-around like i just have a different personality and that's okay And I felt like that going into this, the more I thought about it, going into this career may actually hinder any growth that I can have outside of it because it didn't get paid that much. I make double what I would have made as an OT without a master's degree. Yeah. Um, And then also I would be, you know, working with a client or patient who probably really needs me, but I can only see them for 10 minutes and then go home and work. another three hours on filling out all the proper documentation getting paid via insurance and having to deal with the whole medical industry mess that it is now and that's it just the more and more i thought about it and as i went back to work and realized the piles he's taking home every night i just realized that i really didn't want that life like and it's not even like i knew what i wanted at that point i just knew i didn't want that
1: (laughs) so what would your advice be to people that need to own about owning that feeling or, because I I just envision so many people, I envision everybody having that Mm -hmm. moment and whether they decide for it to be pivotal or they just push it away and suppress it to later on years later. Because my biggest fear is like walking into a job that we've gone to school for years for, that we've worked our whole lives to get to and walking in at 8.30 every morning and dragging our feet and feeling depressed. So what would your advice be to somebody that, when they have that feeling?
2: So I'm really big into counseling. I think it's great to talk to people. And I know some people don't want to talk to people. I get that. That's fine. Another method that I use a lot in my life, and I did use it for this full decision on if I was or wasn't going to go to school and if I was or wasn't going to move back to Las Vegas or move to Florida. It's a T-chart. Pros and cons. Simple as that. You're so... (laughs) So A-type, I know. (laughs) But, yeah, just pros and cons of each situation. What my heart says, how I feel. Can I move back? So when I did my move to Florida, instead of going back home to Vegas, can I move to Vegas? Yes. If I hate Florida, I could just pick up and move right back to Vegas. The stuff I have isn't that big. The real estate I own is all great. Rental real estate. It's not like I'm stuck or stuck to some situation. Like... Really, it's if you can find a way out of it, I think it's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just really, really want to hone in on that. That's because I feel like, like I mentioned, I, I talk to people every day that are going through that. And it is a thing for us to develop, for us to develop an entire career idea and, and thinking of what we want. And it could be from something that we thought we saw someone else doing that we wanted or some idea that our parents or our family or someone we admire gave us and it may be too little too late till we realize that maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. And that
2: happens I think far too often with our generation especially because we have the opportunity to get to school Go to school, and people are told that education is the only way to move up in your career or to do well. And it's really not Mm -hmm. now. There's so many ways to, first off, make money. And then second off, find your passion. Find something that you're excited about, that you're not kicking when you wake up and having to walk into the office feeling depressed. So I just think that there's so many ways to really find something you're interested in. And I know some people may think, okay, well you are handed a job in marketing. I Still, um, think about the coaches, if you played sports, the coach's child has the hardest job because they're probably getting talked to about that sport or where they messed up outside of practice or outside of the games. Including what time they went to bed they, that yeah, night. They they and they yeah, they know about them. Yep, what they ate for dinner. What, they know every little thing about them. They know that they could press them harder. Imagine that in a work setting. Like, I'm getting pressed probably harder than any employee, but... So far, I've done very well. And me and my dad get along really great when it comes down to business. And we actually get along really good in business, which is everybody always asks that and wonders mm-hmm. that. But we work well together. And then also, uh, my stepmom's part of the company as well. We work awesome together. And so it's just really being able to communicate, which goes back to psychology. Go get help on the communication side. I can't stress that enough, but also coming to the T-chart of okay um, I may hate my job right now but does it have its benefits what are those benefits can I benefit from these benefits so let's say I have a job we're gonna go use car salesman so I hate my job a used car salesman they're just a car salesman okay some people think it's grimy slimy whatever and they are trying to just, it's an in-between job for them. Okay, but you're learning sales. You're learning how to talk about negotiation. You're learning how to handle being, getting told no. You're getting all these resources firsthand and you're getting paid for it. So use those to your benefit, even if you hate the job you're at now or hate the career that you're in, like full-on-blown career you went to school for, but it's using what you can and making A passion or making something out of it I think is really what's most important for those people that are in that position where they have to go pivotal or stay depressed
1: yeah you mentioned two big things so one is I know there's somebody listening to this episode right now thinking okay sounds great but I don't know what my passion is yet you're you don't have to commit to a passion you're I know everyone talks about being created and born for a divine purpose, and I absolutely believe that to be true. But you can get tired of a passion. You can create a new passion. Your passion can
0: change.
1: Like, I grew up my whole life thinking that I was really passionate about helping children, that it was all about at-risk youth, and it still is something I love dearly and will do every day of my life without being paid for it. But I've also realized that I'm passionate about helping people, just people, especially women that have an idea and need to bring that idea to life and need to find creative ways to share their story to help others I'm passionate about that, too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm passionate about marketing. I'm you can passionate. be
2: multi-passionate. You, you don't can have to be, be stuck to one thing. Yeah,
1: because some people will be so scared. Well, like, I kind of like this, but I don't know if that's my thing. And, and I'm not really good at it. So you don't have to commit to one passion. You can be multi-passionate, like you said. Or you can change your passion. And your passion can sometimes wear you out. So people will go to school for nursing because they love helping people. They'll work in the nursing field for 10 years and then be like... Well, I don't really feel that like burning desire anymore to go to work. I must, you know, I must. Um, I need to switch jobs. I need to do this. You, you might have burnt out that passion. It might be time to consider something else. You can, you can give your passion your all, and then it's maybe it's time to move on. Maybe it's time to pivot at that point. Exactly. You said something else. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about. How you took a job in marketing not knowing what you were doing. (laughs) Not knowing what the fuck you were doing. (laughs) And then going from that to me knowing you now. This is something you're extremely, extremely passionate about. Tell me a little bit about that.
2: So I took this job and then I work on commission. So I had to figure out how to make money, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Commission. If you work on commission, you know that you just got to figure it out. And you got to make sales and you got to make connections and you got to grow that. So I was doing the networking events, I was doing basically everything, like textbook that you can do, but I didn't feel like I was doing enough. And it was not enough, like my income wasn't enough, but that was part of it. But also like I felt like I was working so hard, but wasn't making like the passive income or making that income last. So I would go to a networking event, meet five people, let's say one of them opens an account, I mean, that's a lot of work that's, you know, let's uh, our drive to and from. You're at the event for a couple hours. You have to network, talk, time away from my dog because I'm a tough dog mom. <laughs> and, um, and then I, you know, that's just time like I was not spending any nights at home. I had to go to the gym in the morning in order to go to the gym because I was my working right until now. 11 at night. And I, I was really only getting one account from that so when i decided was okay i want to be the first self-directed ira company that evergreens how to make money and get accounts online via webinar as any other marketing company would but i want to do it with self-directed iras so i did i currently have uh, evergreen webinars going for self-directed iras we get account questions or account um, accounts from those all the time I have had the chance to experiment experiment with different marketing which we were talking about before. I started learning about podcasting a couple years ago and I was getting featured on podcasts that were bringing me hundreds of clients and still bring me clients to this day when people hear the podcast. So it's just being able to learn what I needed to do to to work hard up front, I'm all about working hard, but also I know that I want that income to continue generating as I am doing stuff like this. (laughs) So I get to have the benefit of getting paid, I have the benefit of still getting commission, I have the benefit of all the work that I did prior, but now I have more freedom to continue growing and continue growing my income because I am on commission. So that's how I got started in it, and then I just kind of learned from there, and I never really found everything I was looking for, every answer, and if I found an answer, then I would find another problem with that answer, and so I had to do this huge string of connecting stuff, and in my office at my old desk, where my assistant is now, and it was like this big window, it it was like an old printing company, like the... um, You know, like printing companies, they have like where the the receptionist is, but then they have like a window so you can see all the stuff going on. Yeah. And so uh, that big window was like my giant whiteboard. Like, okay, I learned that you record a webinar here. I know that you market it on these social media platforms, but how do I get this to play over and over again? How do I make sure it looks brand new every time somebody logs in and they think that I'm actually on that webinar? And so having to learn that whole system and put it together is how I got the niche for it. And as I continued learning and and now as I continue learning and putting things into play, it's like, holy crap, like I can really make money from this all the freaking time. My assistants are able to get constant flow of work. I went from by myself to now have three assistants we just we just promoted somebody so two assistants full time that are business development but one who's receptionist part time business development and like and that's all from generating this passive flow of starting somewhere and being able to repeat it over and over again and it's just so exciting to see it happen and we're building courses and stuff like that and I, there's IRA companies all over that do what we do that even have better Uh, educational platforms because they have somebody that's solely marketing doing them. I have my sis. I'm not doing marketing solely, but I'm still creating revenue from it. And what we put out is more genuine because it's a family owned and operated company. So if it's me or my dad talking, I mean, it's somebody who's really invested in that company. So it's really exciting to see all the flow, but that's a quick story of how it got started. (laughs) And now it's just, now it's just out of control.
1: And so you self-taught a skill that was going to be powerful for the business that you were running. Mm-hmm. And now you're taking this skill and you're helping people optimize their business with it.
2: Exactly what I told you right before on the podcast. Use the job you're at now and use those benefits mm-hmm. of what you can learn and and then learn how to apply them elsewhere. Absolutely. Over and over again.
1: So because yeah, that's what I did with what I really feel like the value I got from most of my careers was that's where I learned how to speak. Mm-hmm. It was because all my jobs were always like partnership development related. I've always I'm always speaking in front of large groups and I've just been able to take that talent and constantly modify it. Yeah, and big donors and it's 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 a value that I have gotten from every position I'm in. And I'm like, I could never lose because I can continuously take this talent and mm-hmm. take it elsewhere. And that's
2: just taking that benefit of any job, I think. Mm-hmm. is really, I mean, even if you go back to think, what was your first job?
1: I was working, my first job was a restaurant hostess.
2: Okay, so as a restaurant hostess, you still had to speak to people, you had to be in those really awkward positions, like, Mm -hmm. who do I speak to? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you learn stuff throughout all of them. Like, I was a bartender. I learned how to talk to all sorts of people. I can have 20 different conversations going and basically 20 different personalities, like, at the same time and still keep everyone happy and engage multiple people in a conversation to keep my bar really not awkward (laughs) so Mm
1: -hmm. that's that personality that's that people person Mm -hmm. personality is that you're able to adjust and modify according to knowing someone else and Mm -hmm. I've what I thought that was so normal but what I've heard is that that is a magnificent skill to be able to listen and meet someone within 20 seconds and know how to act accordingly Mm -hmm. it's really weird
2: my first bartending job I like literally walked in and was like I know nothing about making a drink except how to make like I don't know, some awful stuff with like Ever... What is it called? Everclear. Everclear? Oh. <laughs> like some college drink. <laughs> that was my only experience in making drinks. And so I was like, "But I'm willing to learn." And she was like, "Perfect. I would rather teach a personality than have to teach personality."
1: Or teach somebody how yeah. to make drinks than to yeah. teach a personality. I've yeah. always heard that. I can teach somebody the job. Yeah, I can't teach somebody how to how to act and how to treat people. Yes. and how to have a personality. And,
2: but it's still taking all those jobs. Like I worked mm-hmm. at a really high end steakhouse. Some of those skills, like I without like I don't know if I'd yeah. have them today. But it's taking everything you learn from any job.
1: Absolutely. So you're also a, a, you're like me, you're a podcast host as well. Mm -hmm. You are the host of the Refuse Defeat podcast. Yes. Tell me where this idea came from and what you kind of focus on.
2: Refuse Defeat started when I um, actually went to a conference back in, I think it was March 2000, what year are we in? 2018. And This year? This year. Oh, wow. Yeah, this year. I went to a conference. I went for work. And it's something that I believe strongly in, which is the 90 day year, learning how to achieve your goals and stuff within 90 days. And I love the program. The program helped me put Mountain West through it. And we currently still use it to this day. And uh, every 90 days we reevaluate the company. We also reevaluate our goals and see where we're going. So this program itself, awesome, loved it. Then I go to the, the seminar. So sometimes you go to a seminar from a program and they kind of repeat what this program was about because they'll attract certain people to seminars and wanna sell them on a program. This was nothing like the program at all. They didn't even talk about 90 days. Like they didn't talk about the program or anything that was taught in the program. Craziest thing ever. But he brought in such amazing speakers. Like, the founder of Uggs was there. We got to hear mm-hmm. his story. There was a big MMA fighter. Like, one of the first big MMA fighters was there. Mm-hmm. Like, it was some really big people. Then, I mean, if the blogging world, Melissa Griffin was there. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, so he had big people there that have gone through his program and used it and implemented it. And then now they're at this conference to learn more. And it was full business. So he separated the conference into... Uh, A startup like venture or like where you're starting to do your validation and startup companies, middle sized companies that either need to work out their bottlenecks and work out some systems or big companies that are basically scaling which in my company we're about in between the middle and the big um the systems we have they're really good yes can they be better yes but it's software tech stuff Mm -hmm. so we need to hire someone for those we haven't written down what we want when we hire someone but at the same time we need to learn the big stuff as well so that we can scale larger but I actually stopped listening to that and I went to I had the know chart of all the classes going on and I was like what do I really need to learn here that I don't feel like I can look up online or look up later and get a good understanding of so like I didn't of course go to the Facebook marketing or Instagram or anything like that like I can look that stuff up there's tons of information on that you can look at their own algorithms so I went to a lot of the stuff where it was people who work in business and uh, one of the ladies she uh, literally works out the bottlenecks for companies and finds where they're wasting money at like stuff like that and yeah. So this conference was amazing. So I'm never talked, never talk at the conference. And I never like go up to the speakers or the keynotes after and like say, hi, like I loved your talk. Like
1: I'm, definitely, I, I'm, I'm, definitely I'm not, that awkward I am not I that, am that, that awkward. Person.
2: I'm like, Hey, nice talk. Like maybe I'll hit them up on social media. They can get like the grat- gratification <laughs> later or something. I don't freaking know if they even read the message, but <laughs> that's what I like to do. And so I felt obligated to go up. I was like, I have to go tell this guy how much I love this this whole week week or weekend. It was like three or four days. Like, I had to go tell him how much I loved the program he put on. So, I did that. And while I was waiting in line, this one lady who has a really successful bakery out in California, she was talking to me. Um, she is, like, on the cake shows and bakery shows on TLC and all that stuff. Like, she's pretty, really, really successful. Literally no one in this crowd was, uh, like, not successful (laughs) when it came down to it. So everybody in all my stories, like, they're just amazing, like, with this conference. But, um, so I was sitting, I was in front of her in line, and we were talking, and I was telling her, like, how great this program is. She was like, oh, yeah, I didn't do the 90-day year. I went with another uh, goals uh, goals teacher, whatever, program where – It's a little bit different, but I just like the coaching, and she's like, I wish I came to this before, because I would have bought his stuff, but I'm just going to go finish what I have, and take what I learned here, and implement it, and we were talking about how refused, or we were talking about what my goals, because I was like, well, I'm, you know, I work for this company, but I'm also in kind of a startup mode, like, I want to get my entrepreneurial stuff on, but I didn't really know what to do, or what I was good at, and... So she goes, okay, well, what made you think you wanted to get entrepreneurial? I was selling stuff online on eBay and Amazon, and I killed it in my first fourth quarter of doing it. And I started in a fourth quarter, and I loved it. Like Made crazy money my first quarter. You go quarter one, which is probably one of the slowest online sales quarters ever, it was so stressful because I had the volume. I was able to do the volume, but I when it came to quarter one, I had too much like I had the ability so to do too much. Bought
1: inventory based off like fourth, fourth quarter?
2: Uh, not only inventory like I had virtual assistants like I had a lot like I think I had a team of almost six virtual assistants running my business for quarter four and then going into quarter one it's like okay do you have a hard quarter continue paying them even though you're not getting the volume just to prepare for a better year or what. And so the first quarter I did it, second quarter, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is so much money out of pocket. Like, this is killing me. So let go of a few of them, and then um, one of them phased herself out. But then, uh, yeah, so that's really, it just kind of felt like a total failure, because it was like, oh my gosh, I did so awesome in my first the first quarter that i did this which was q4 but then i you know sucked i wasn't able to find um, a way to increase sales to my stores i wasn't able to keep the volume up, and then now i'm in the red because i kept those vas and i kept all the inventory for quarter one instead of marking it down so it was just kind of like a power play of wrong or right decision and I I don't feel like I made the wrong decision I just don't think it was the best decision Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason I say that is because I did learn so much from it and if I need to flip anything on Amazon or eBay I got you (laughs) but um, at the same time I also feel like it made me learn more about business than my at that time three years of working in business development because now Mm -hmm. I was on my own doing my own thing making money online selling But then I ran into a hard place where I actually felt like a failure. And it was really hard on my confidence. It was really hard just overall. Like I was paying my paychecks were to pay my business. And it sucked. Like totally sucked. I gained a ton of weight. I went through like the adrenal fatigue thing that a lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs do. And... Um, And the weight gain on me was very hard as I came from a sports background on top of exercise, sports science. It was hard on me, like confidence-wise, emotionally-wise, straight-up depression, anxiety. Like, it was rough. And once I realized, okay, like, I am negatively associating this online business with these emotions, so I need to drop the online business. Yeah. So at that point I felt like it's a, becoming my life. Yes. And I felt like a total failure. And then I took some time off. I worked on my health, focusing on my health. I got with a natural doctor and um we worked out like my my vitamin deficiencies, my hormone balance. I mean the weight thing wasn't a big thing for her because I wasn't like obese. It just wasn't You're healthy, normal. my normal. And so refocusing on exercise, refocusing on me, but at the same time, um, also relearning that I'm not a total failure. And so I, as I was sitting in line with this lady, she goes, I'm telling her my story and she goes, well well what about like a facebook group on entrepreneurs going through the same thing and you can help them with that and i'm like you know i really don't like facebook groups i'm in so many of them i can't figure out where the heck each comment goes what's the rules for each group i hate facebook for that purpose Mm -hmm. and so she was
1: like so many entrepreneurs tell you to run to do a private facebook group
2: yes and i hate them like i'm in so many and i don't even know and like the engagement isn't there the the um person who created the group isn't there it's just kind of there right and if people do post you're not getting engagement so I don't I'm not a big fan of them and I told her that and she goes well what do you like I love listening to podcasts I love learning from people and I love hearing how genuine they are and how passionate they are about stuff and she goes okay we'll start a podcast and so I'm like okay I'll start a podcast and so then I'm trying to figure out what I want to talk about and obviously she's like well you know every entrepreneur goes through a failure part or a big obstacle that could potentially be a failure in their business yes at the time you felt like yours was best to let go of your business but some people hold on and she was like every you know everybody does everything where they have to make that decision so she was saying that to basically talk about that with entrepreneurs And so I got home and I sat there and thought for a little bit, like a month or so. And I was like, I could either do this or not do this. I'm bored out of my mind, not having a side hustle. I work my normal work schedule, but at the same time, like, I just feel like I need to do more, but I don't know what that more is. And so I was like, you know what? I could do this podcasting. Podcasting's not that hard. And so I get to look it up, how to podcast and uh, figure it out with a few mess-ups and um that's how it started and i just texted a whole bunch of names to people and refused to beat really wasn't actually the like number one liked one that i texted out but i had more people comment back like oh that's like an oprah type of name and i wanted that vibe I more than the, <laughs> I, wanted,
1: <laughs> I wanted
2: that more successful vibe versus like the straight to the point vibe even though that's like more me so it was, um, yeah, so that's how Refuse Defeat came about. And uh, finding entrepreneurs to interview was, I thought it was going to be so hard. It, it's not because literally every entrepreneur has gone through a point where they're like, I'm either going to get rid of this business or not because of this failure or obstacle. And it's been really interesting on my actual podcast. Almost every one, every entrepreneur on there. We'll say, I ask a question that's, what's your biggest failure? And I do it on purpose because I want to see how they react to it. And almost all of them had said, well, I wouldn't count it as a failure. It's more an obstacle or it's something that I overcame. And it's just like that genuine, like, oh, my gosh. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, just noticing that spirit in people I think is so cool. But I do it on purpose, and that's the reason why. So that's how it all came about.
1: That's so interesting because if you – if now if you look at this and you walk backwards through it, it's like – that moment when you were going through that I mean I can look at it from the outside in and be like well that was just the beginning that was the <laughs> test that was the part that was like okay are you built for this or not?' Nah? because mm-hmm. you could fake the funk or you could understand that this is actually what entrepreneurship is all about mm-hmm. it's all about trying stuff doing the research building it the way you think it's supposed to be built and then failing and then getting up again and going okay well now I know that that's not what I need to do now, how mm-hmm. do I move forward and not letting that define you? Because we will fail. Majority of all of us. Well, first of all, everyone will fail. Yeah. But the majority of all of us will fail and will wear it like our right arm.
2: And that's what I felt like I was doing. Yeah. Where it was like I like I failed, guys. I failed.
1: Yeah. And then and then I'm a failure at everything. Mm-hmm. Like you ask me to do anything, I'm like you. You don't want me to do that. I, I suck <laughs> at life. Like you don't want me to do that. Basically, though. Yeah. That's how you. That's how we get. Mm-hmm. And entrepreneurs and that's why everyone talks this mindset. And I know there's people listening to this that believe it fully. And there's people that are listening to this and going, I'm so tired of hearing that crap. But that mindset stuff is critical because you have to get yourself in a place where when you completely screw up or something just bombs that you thought was going to be the best idea ever, that you just look at it and go, okay, that's fine. Anyway, I'm going to do it again. Or I'm going to do something a little bit different. And I'm going to grow from it. And it's no big deal. And it has nothing to do with who I am. (laughs) I'm just simply not ready yet.
2: Mm -hmm. Or it's just part of the journey of Mm -hmm. learning. Like, I knew I wasn't going to do online sales forever. I knew I wasn't going to. Mm -hmm. If I was, did grow an Amazon or eBay empire, it's not like that's where I would have wanted to stay forever. That's growing an empire on somebody else's platform, which just isn't the best thing anyways. But... It's still getting to that point of if I never took the steps to learn about it and create a failure, refused defeat would have never come about, and we may have never met.
1: Bam! That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> See, find, find the goodness. Now, speaking of met, <laughs> I have to tell you how Megan and I met and how we got to this point of creating an event uh, for other women entrepreneurs or women with ideas and how to get you from idea to implementation. We um, Megan started our podcast. And I had started my podcast a few months before. I had just gotten into the online coaching realm. I had met a lot of amazing women that wanted help. And I, I'm very fortunate that I would say I got to skip the line a little bit because my boyfriend I've been with for four years, everybody knows Chris is a has been an entrepreneur for nine years. And so everything that he's been trying to teach me finally hit home. <laughs> and so he's been trying to teach me this for years. That's its ta- own story. Yeah, that's his own story. I'll <laughs> tell that story one day. But... Three of the four years of our relationship, Chris had been trying to teach this to me and I was like, get out of my face. And so finally things have caught up with me and I kind of realized as I went on uh, jumping on this journey that I knew a lot more than I thought I knew because of him, because of watching his journey. So um, he knew I was on this journey and I kept telling him that I kept asking him this question. I was like, why am I so excited about my podcast? Why am I so excited about my blog? Why do I love this stuff so much? And then when I tell my friends, they're like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Like, anyway, what about lunch? Or what are we doing tomorrow? Or what about this and blah, blah. And I was like, what, you know, is it not a great idea? Like I was, it was, it was screwing up my confidence. And I was like, okay, so am I just the only one And Chris kept trying to explain to me that you have to understand that, like, one, no one will ever be as passionate as you about your passion project, Mm -hmm. ever. So you have to be completely okay with that. That sometimes you're gonna tell people this amazing thing that you wanna do, and they're gonna be like, oh cool, cool. Anyway, (laughs) let me tell you about what happened to me last night. go back to the drama. Yeah, go back to the drama. And he's like, or people are not going to love you for what they don't understand. Mm -hmm. So they might actually be defensive against it, or not not be willing or want to understand it, because one, it's something that they don't think they can do, so they're insecure. Or two, they just don't understand it, therefore they're like, that's freaking weird, Mm -hmm. and Or it's impossible.
2: My biggest one that I've been getting a lot lately is like, oh, that's impossible to make money online. Like, Oh, honey, no. No, bro.
1: No, You know what year we're in? Nope. <laughs> yep. Nope. Chris has been doing it for nine years and will never have to get a job for the rest of his life. It is mm-hmm. amazing to watch mm-hmm. um, an online business, like a digital marketer, the way he is. So um, I kept telling him this. And so one day out of nowhere, he was like... And it was so weird because I'm such an independent brat that like he was like, I'm gonna introduce you to this girl and I was like, Skirt No you're not. Who? What? Like I don't you're not introducing me to no girls. Is this some girl that you used to sleep with? No. <laughs> like and he was like, No, no, no. Is this girl I met? She just started a podcast. Um, I know she's it's gonna be popping, it's a great idea. Like and she just kinda reminds me of you. I want I want you to meet her, I'm gonna I'm going to introduce you guys. And I was like, this is so weird. It's like a blind date with a girl, you know? And, um, he was like, but you have to just promise me that you'll do it. And I was like, yeah, fine. So he he introduced us via Instagram Instagram. (laughs) and I looked at you and I was like, oh, you know, you girls got to admit how we are. We look at another girl and we're like, oh, okay. She's cute. She's cute. (laughs) Like, I might like her. Like, let me go check out her yeah. podcast.
2: See if I actually like that.
1: Yeah, her personality's cute. I like her. Oh, she. Oh, that shirt is cute. So I was like, cool. I'll meet. I'll meet with her, and um, we went to went and had coffee, and mm-hmm. literally. The rest is history. We were... um, That
2: day, our first meeting, we decided we were going to do a live event for women together.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because we're very passionate about the same thing and we're dealing with the same issues. And Mm -hmm. then that's why we knew if we are both dealing with this, if we both feel completely alone on this journey and that we realize our friends can't really empower us through this or be there for us during this process, that one, there's a lot of women out there like this that have an idea and have no one supporting them or understanding them. And two, have a phenomenal idea, but because they don't know the steps to get there they think they're inadequate or they think the idea is irrelevant and that's simply not true you just need a coach and where we feel so bad is that right now online this is such a big thing Mm -hmm. is that if a woman was to if you were to go online right now and reach out to a successful business coach, you'd be talking about thousands and thousands of dollars and in investments for somebody to teach you how to start an online business or how to better market your products. And that's or,
2: hoping that they have the information you need or that secret sauce.
1: Yeah, that they're selling you the dream that they've mm-hmm. got the secret sauce, but yeah. maybe they don't teach you what you need to know, or maybe they're giving you someone to teach you and they're not even the one teaching you directly. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to take the knowledge that we've learned this year because we've studied a lot. We've done masterminds with people that have made 250000 $300,000 in their business a year and what we've learned and be able to educate other women and network and empower one another at the same time and have that accountability group Mm -hmm. to be able to look at each other and say, you can do this. And you can do this in three months. And you're going to do it with some friends. And you're going like, to do it with some friends. <laughs> you're
2: going to have people that are excited for your wins and excited to hear all about your stories and excited to say, how are you doing this? And like let's connect on how you make money on your podcast. Yes. Or how do you do
1: this? So Because you are the person that I can tell We text each other all day about business. I'm like, Megan, I just dropped this dope podcast and I've got this many downloads. And she's like, oh, did you do this, this, and this? And I'm like, shit, no, I didn't. But let me go do it. Like We're always making each other better in business. Business. Megan's like oh I got my webinar done let me send it to you can you read it edit it let me know what you think blah 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 blah, blah. and I think that having something like that with multiple women that want the same thing is extremely powerful
2: it's necessary yes. I feel like I I don't think I can could have gotten to where I am now and still have the drive for my podcast and my course and doing anything online without your help and having just that source to go to like if I'm excited about something and like my friends are awesome like my friends are very very uh, supportive mm-hmm. on everything thankfully but it's still like they don't really know and they're gonna tell me that my my powerpoint's great they're not gonna give me feedback because mm-hmm. they don't know what they're looking for so mm-hmm. being able to actually like have that excitement with somebody else in business and it's just like that best friend in business that everyone
0: <laughs> needs.
1: <laughs> so let's jump into this event. So like Megan said, when we first met, first day we met, we knew we were going to do an event together. And so let me tell you a little bit about this event we're doing because it is a must. And how we knew we had to add value to this thing because we don't want you to walk away with more questions. We want you to walk away with action steps. So... Our event is called Purpose to Profit Mastermind. It is going to be at a beautiful penthouse location on Clearwater Beach. I'm kid you not. If you got nothing from this event, the view is sick and you get
2: perfect pictures. You will get amazing
1: <laughs> photos if all else fails. But this is a, a very small very small. We're doing a small group of like-minded women because we want you to have individualized attention. And I'll give you all the takeaways we have planned, but first and foremost, I want you to understand that In a nutshell, this event is about you. And that's why we're doing a mastermind style, is we're not gonna stand up there and preach about our lives or our personal stories. You already know who we are, that's why you're there. We want to select women individually. You're gonna get a binder when you walk in we want you to be able to stand up and talk about your ideas or your existing business what your goals are for this year and we're gonna right there dive into three action steps that you can walk away with that you can accomplish in the next three months what else oh of course brunch and food and wine and mimosas of course but we're also going to have a special guest speaking who has an online business and has made over two hundred fifty thousand in one year through an online marketing business. Because I know everybody right now, if you have an existing business, you're wondering how do you use social platforms and the internet to market your business and make it make money for you when you are not there.
2: Mm-hmm. Going back to what I've had to learn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly what you
1: went through with your with the IRA business. So now you're walking in, and you're getting a takeaway binder that you're going to walk away with best practices. We will have someone there that is going to teach us how to meditate, which is going to be amazing on the beach. Meditation on the beach. Um, now and now you there's free snacks, free food, all of the above, and yeah. Do you see me drawing a blank on what? Yes. What so else? we're gonna have,
2: we're <laughs> gonna put you in a live hot seat, and in that hot seat. You will get the opportunity to share your what your business is and just share everything about your business um, so that we can make sure you're getting the best benefits
1: to grow. And you're surrounding yourself with women. Everyone that we are, people that are buying these tickets and we're sending you a survey afterwards to really best understand how we can serve you throughout this event is you're going to be surrounded by powerful women to network with. Like we said, that group that you're going to have that relationship with, like the relationship that Megan and I have.
2: And we're we're there as one with you to grow and learn. So you're going to, yes, we're bringing you a ton of information and putting it together, but imagine walking away with two friends, at least two, that you know you can grow with and come to in your business, like success, and, and have somebody to share those opportunities with.
1: And our, our promise, something that is this it's a freebie that we're going to give you guys is something that I've learned this past year on a a powerful tool to grow your social media platform by the thousands over the next three to six months. Um, it has worked wonders for me. I know Megan has used it as well for Mm -hmm. her business and personal use. I've used it. It is amazing. It's a great way to kind of revisit how your target audience is and to get more followers and, I'm not saying this from a bougie place that you need more followers because you need more followers. You need more followers so that you can sell your products and services to people that actually believe in your brand. And this is how you're going to brand yourself and how you're going to grow that audience to believe in everything you sell regardless of what you're selling.
2: And that also leads to larger email lists, converting those email lists to buyers. It leads to so much more than just followers and likes on a picture. It really Mm -hmm. does. And uh, this is a method that we both use, so we know it works. Everything we've taught you, we've used. Um, and we're just really bringing you hardcore stuff that we believe full-heartedly in.
1: Yep. And we are so excited to do this event. We are so excited. We're like... the seats are selling out fast. Mm -hmm. So,
2: uh, last week we did a special where you got the podcast stuff. This week we're not doing one. Maybe we'll put one together later or something. But we're almost out of seats. So...
1: So, the link will be in the show notes. So, scroll down in the show notes to check out the link for tickets. Tickets right now are $47. They may go up, they may go down, but we only have a few seats left for the evening portion. So, we're super excited. And uh, just reach out to either one of us or click the link in the show notes. The Eventbrite link will take you directly to the purchase and give you more information about the event. We are not giving the location away until you buy a ticket. You will be sent the address instantly because it is. Is a private uh, penthouse location on Clearwater Beach. So, anything else to add?
2: No, I'm so excited for the event. Yay. So excited.
1: <laughs> so tell tell my audience where they can stalk you. And oh, let me just throw this in there real quick <laughs> before we get off. This is what I'm this is why I'm excited for people that are gonna attend this event for Megan, because y'all, Megan has changed my life in so many ways. If you know me, you know that I'm a talker. I am a storyteller. I am a creative. I have this mind that is always in the clouds. I have great ideas, but when it comes to bringing them to life, I need three or four people to help me bring them to life because I'm always all over the place. And then when I do something and I come up with something like my podcast, for instance, or my blog, I will do everything the hard way. Like if I learn one way to do it and it takes 19 hours to do it, I will sit there and find 19 hours to do the damn thing because. I want everything. I'm like a control freak. I don't know how to delegate. And I don't ever think about how do I minimize this process later down the road. And I had found myself earlier this year really working a second job. My my business was a second job and that's never what I wanted. I just wanted to help more people and make a little money while I did it. And Megan is such a process and operations person that she has really helped me take my foot off the gas and do more with less time, spending less time on it. You know, helping me to automate automate basically everything in my business to where I'm literally only spending like two hours a week on my business, which is insane. And I
2: haven't, my podcast, uh, when I first started as my theme is throughout the whole show, I really work hard to get something up and going. And then I like, like it to kind of run itself. I haven't even interviewed anybody in probably a month or so and I have enough episodes to finish out 2018 strong and it's all set up automated ready to go so that's kind of my model is I really work hard to get something going and then if it's if I can't automate it or find a very simple way to do something, we're gonna have a problem because I do like my processes and I do like to do everything as minimalist as possible.
1: And Imagine somebody asking you that because I'm never like that when I'm like oh I have this idea and they're like oh it's so hard it's this 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 I'm like bump it let's do it like I'll get through it I'll figure it out you know as soon as I do something Megan's like okay but once you do that how are you gonna monetize that once you do that how are you gonna automate that is that something that after you do it the first time you'll never have to do it again and see I don't think like that. So having someone like this, this is so process oriented, so operational about your business will really have you thinking like homegirl told me one time when I hired my first virtual assistant, she was like, you need to send her a video on everything in your business and then make her write a handbook. Was it a handbook? (laughs) Make her write like a policy, like a manual on how to policies and procedures, make her write a manual on how to run your business. And I was like, this literally, this was me. I was like, Why the fuck would I do that? And she was like, so if you ever ever have to hire another VA or you ever need someone else to run your business, you'll never have to do this again. She'll basically do it. You're going to train her one time and you'll never have to do this again. And someone will always be able to operate your business just by you simply sending them a link. And I was like what the f- wow I never ever think that way so
2: I remember one comment I made to you I was trying to look through my notebook to see if this was the notebook that I had one well, because I wrote it down because it was so good one co- <laughs> <laughs> yes I wrote down my own comment <laughs> shoot your shot girl it was <laughs> so you told me to write it down I think that's why I have it but um she was telling me everything that she was doing and how all these processes were working and I was like is that a dollar task
0: yes or, or something to yes. that extent like
2: can you pay someone a dollar or two dollars to get that done and spend an hour with your son and she just looked at me like dead in the eye like oh my gosh like mind blown type of yes. situation and that was yeah when I realized that I didn't know that people didn't delegate that much.
1: No, you are the delegation queen. When she looked at me and said, that's a dollar task. You're you're spending 30 minutes to an hour doing something that is like a dollar task. And I was like, holy shit. I'm sacrificing time with my son and my family when I come home at night just to get this thing on the air. And you're telling me how to automate it so that I don't have to do all that. And it didn't even hardly cost me any money, mm-hmm. which is so crazy. So uh, that's why I feel like this mastermind is going to be so powerful because you've got both... Boast of Beth, boast of Beth, best of, what the heck? <laughs> best of both worlds. You've got your process operations. How do you manually get this thing off the ground? And then you've got um, me and I'm going love... to love. 2
2: I want to hear it. I'm <laughs> to hear you two-year <laughs> I, I don't it, got it. It's so hard for her to do it. I got to, I got to hype this up. Tune it, girl. Let's hear it. <laughs>
1: well, now that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> But basically, um, I want to make sure that if you have a story to tell or you've got that fire burning in your soul, that you have something that you love to do and you know what it is, but you've never felt like this was something that you could get paid to do or you never felt like your story could help someone. I want to make sure that you know a way to cultivate that and share that with the world so that people know, so that you know and that people know that this is how you can help people is sharing your story because that is vulnerability. That's how people connect and that's how the world operates operates is off of connection and love. And I think we all have a story to tell and we all have our own superpower and our way to help people. And I want you to feel empowered to do that. So hopefully that's what I can bring to everyone. And and as well as your speaking talents, that's a big thing that I've studied for years and years and years is that I love to help people stop saying the ums and uhs, even though it's something that I do often. I Learning how to pause when you speak, learning how to feel confident when you speak to others and having that voice that is engaging and empowering and how to tell those stories and make those jokes and add a little bit of humor to your speech so that you can really engage your audience and make people feel like they're a part of your life they're not just the audience for the day, that they're a part of your life. And if motivational speaking is ever a thing for you, that hopefully I can empower you uh, to jump on that journey because it's been part of my life and I love it. And I want other people to p- feel empowered to do so as well. So,
2: And just being open to your audience and self, like the story I told you guys today. Okay, I can talk about it now because of course we're at the good part of it now. But even talking about it when it wasn't good just think of the connections I made with a few people that I was open about that too. Like, and you can go on any story, if you're vulnerable vulnerable in any situation, you're going to build a, let's just not even talk business, Friends, if you're vulnerable, why can I say that? Vulnerable with friends, like you're still building really, really close connections with these people. Now take it business-wise, I just told you my life story. Somebody can totally hate the fact that my parents... Didn't stick it out and divorced each other and now are both married, happily married in different situations. That could piss someone off. But I'm going to be open with you about it because that's part of me. That's part of my story. That's part of what built me to what I am today. And if you don't like it, you don't get it.
1: And but there's also probably somebody going through that similar situation mm-hmm. you probably made them feel better or better understand how they should feel about
2: it. And that's and that's the positive of it, of sharing your story every time, is you are building your audience. You're building the people that you want to surround yourself with. And you're building, basically, your brand. So it's something that I, I have a joy of learning how to talk about problems and talk about all this stuff. And being friends with Jess, I've been able to... Work on my communication just by being around her. Like, seriously. (laughs) Like, not saying, um, so yes, I laugh a lot when I talk. Sorry, guys. But I, it's just my, yeah, it's just how I am. Like, I'm very, very, like, high energy in your, not in your face. I don't think I'm in your face, but just high energy, like, if the situation, if I can't make us laugh out of the situation, it's probably not good. No, not, <laughs> it's like not. a really hard situation, but I'll probably, death is really the only one like that, but I'll find a positive no, yeah. I promise. And that's-, that's just something I've trained my brain to do through my whole life. And so it's, it's being able to build the audience that supports me, my friends, everything about what I bring to the table is so exciting. That's why I'm so excited about this
1: event. <laughs> and speaking of brain training, we're going to do a lot of that. Well, a little bit of that too at the event. Again, it's just a four-hour deep dive, but we want to make sure we cover some of the ways that you can train your brain to think differently because that is the start, middle, and finish of where your success will be derived from is the way you control your thoughts. Mindset. Critical. Yeah.
2: Especially in entrepreneurship, you yep. have to be tough.
1: So, love us or hate us, uh, we this was a long one, but at least you got to know Megan and I a little bit better. It's more of like a fireside chat. Mm-hmm. But we are doing an event Saturday, October the 20th, a four-hour deep dive with women, anyone, whether you have an idea or a successful business and you're looking for the level up in life and business, just... Direct message us or find the link below in the show notes for tickets. We will be closing them, closing tickets within a few weeks or when we sell out, which could be soon. Um, and we would love to meet you in person and help you from the most genuine place possible. I promise we literally just love helping women that are in the same space that we're in.
2: And it's going to do nothing but grow us all.
1: Yep, grow us all. That's the point. We don't want to stand in front of anybody and preach. We want to grow everybody, ourselves included, because I know there's some women out there that could teach me some shit. Okay. So Need it. <laughs> so uh, please uh, let us know if you're interested. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And make sure you stalk Megan. Where can they stalk you?
2: At If you're going on Instagram, at Megan Galane, M-E-G-A-N-G-A-L-A-N-E. Or I'm probably tagged or tagged Jess in one of her pictures um so I think I comment on almost all of them so I just realized we're not
1: real friends because I pronounce your last name wrong all the time
0: Uh, I I didn't even catch it at the beginning
2: (laughs) (laughs) so whatever it doesn't matter but um so that's Instagram I'm also Facebook Megan Galane same Instagram picture so you can see me across the board I'm not really on Facebook as much like I said Facebook's not really my thing Instagram is or you can also catch me at MeganGalane.com and you can get my, look at my podcast Refuse to with Megan there as well. Or Yay. you can find me on iTunes on Refuse to So thank you, thank you for listening and hearing my story and laughing along with me. I hope I made your day <laughs> right. And we'll, we'll see you in Clearwater Beach. Yes. At the penthouse.
1: Talking business. Yeah, come sit on the beach with us. Otherwise, happy Tuesday. I hope you guys have a wonderful week.